Okay. So I guess we're going to podcast now. Yeah. Okay. Start us off. Hi, I'm Chris. And I'm Ash. And we are Lotus Operandi, a true crime podcast. I wasn't as good as the one earlier. (laughs) I'm just trying to do the voice we did earlier. I felt like that was good, but that was, it was too far. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Today, uh, we are covering the potential murder, probable murder. Um, actually, I guess I can say murder since he pleaded guilty. Um, the murder of Kathleen Peterson. Kathleen Peterson. Oh, I know this one. Yeah. I do remember this now. Kathleen was in her late 40s. She's about 47 at the time of her death. Okay. She dies early December of 2001. Uh, before that, she was a very successful business um, exec at Nortel, which I guess is like a Canadian, like, communications company. Okay. She's this sweet lady. She's raising three daughters who are not her own, as well as her own daughter, with um, her husband at the time, Michael Peterson. Um, everybody was just... I spoke of her as just the sweet lady. She would give you the shirt off her back. Big in the helping. Yeah. You know. Uh, she's bringing... Big, big in the, the helping. Yes, thanks. Um, I don't know. I feel... I don't want to be repetitive, but I don't... I haven't met these people, so it's hard to, like, describe them. But also, I want to humanize her as more than a murder victim. Like, she was yeah. a whole person with a whole life. She was raising yeah, children. She, she had a job. Like... Get a bitch. She had a lot going on. She's the only one bringing money into this mm-hmm. marriage at the time of Isn't her it? death. Ain't it, though? By the way. Um, but I just, I feel like I can't, I, adjectives. <laughs> <laughs> she had been married to Michael for eight years at the time of her death. Um, she'd had one previous marriage that resulted in her daughter. That felt like a weird way to say that. Yeah, it did, but um, we're going to move on. Keep it moving. <laughs> a previous marriage where she had, and she had a daughter in the previous marriage with the ex-husband. Um, the previous marriage had broken up because of infidelity on his part. Ah, uh, I see. And it was, like, the one thing that she couldn't overlook, she couldn't move on past, mm-hmm. um, according to sources near her. Right on. That's important later, so just keep that in mind. Okay. It's late, if y'all can't tell. (laughs) Everyone who knew her and Michael together as a couple said they were made for each other, soulmates, they belonged together, like, they just seemed the perfect couple. They met late in life, but they were young at heart, they had, you know, all this chemistry, just the perfect couple. What everybody else was like, that's what we strive for. See, I think I'm, like, just automatically, like, Suspicious of anything that perfect? uh, Okay. Of course. They were the perfect couple. Okay. Um, but maybe they were. You know, I wasn't there. I didn't see it. Um, I feel like it would be harder to believe if their kids didn't say the same thing, like, they were living Uh, in the house at the time, like... Okay. 
I feel like that makes it more believable because yeah. when there's shit going down, the parents may think they're hiding it from the children, but the children always mm-hmm. know. They really do. Michael Peterson, her husband and murderer, he was a novelist. He was originally from Nashville and attended Duke University, which is in fancy. North Carolina. Yeah. He was frat president, editor of the student newspaper, you know, that kind of guy. Um, One who has social skills. I guess. That ain't us, y'all. <laughs> He wound up working... We talk to each other in microphones. That <laughs> As far away from each other as possible in this <laughs> tiny room. Um, he worked for the Department of Defense Okay. for a while. He wound up going to Vietnam in the 60s. Oh, dear. The same year he married his first wife, who was a school teacher. And they had two sons together. That's cute. So I was wrong earlier when I said all the daughters i miss the sons too um he went up joining the marines in 68 and served in nam then in 71 so like three years later he is honorably discharged with the rank of captain due to injuries uh from a car accident that left him partially disabled he had knee issues and leg issues okay this is only relevant because background but also to kind of serve as like a little bit of insight into his character so he served in vietnam he certainly never received any purple hearts because he was not injured in combat but when he was running for mayor of this town that he lives in in north carolina Mm -hmm. uh in 1999 he used his service sort of like as a way to push his mayoral candidacy and said that he had received two purple hearts. Oh, that's just gross. Like, why Why would you lie about that? Uh, he said he was injured by getting hit with shrapnel after an explosion of a landmine. And the other one, uh, I think he's just said he had taken like a bullet or something. That just, that crap just annoys me because, like, you were in the military, you served the country, that's enough, just say that, don't... Right, you don't need to come up with, like, bullshit accolades. And he had actual accolades, like, he'd actually gotten legitimate awards, so why not just focus on those? Right, focus on your actual achievements and experiences, why do we have to lie to each other? I don't know, but I feel like that's just very telling about his character as a human in general. Like, defaulting to lies that are easily fact-checked instead of Mm -hmm. relying on your, like, stolen valor versus actual valor, like, things you actually earned. And he did earn stuff. Yeah. He he think he had a silver star. Like... Focus on that, my dude. Why are you so obsessed with the Purple Hearts? Right. Also, maybe this is dumb, but I didn't know you could have multiple Purple Hearts. I thought that was, like, sort of like a one-and-done situation. I mean, it's usually, I mean, you have to get hurt pretty bad to get one, I think. So, I, yeah, I understand what you, you know. Yeah, I mean, that was the one and done situation. Apparently, the record holder has 11. Sure. Sheesh. And I think the, that's also from Vietnam. Is that, is that what the children say? Um, The weird children. 
No, I think that's like a thing. But no, I, I think it is a thing. It is a thing. I just I'm on TikTok. I'm up with weird. the kids. Oh, okay. I feel like you're on like wine mom TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> like not real TikTok. You didn't know anything about the Ratatouzical. I don't feel like you can truly be on TikTok if you didn't know about yes, that. Yes, I did because you sent me several. Oh, I sent you them. You didn't find out about them on your For You page. doesn't count. Oh, so I'm, my experiences are invalid. Got it. <laughs> We're getting off track here. Yeah, I'm sorry. He wanted to write the next as the bell tolls. Like, that was his Got it. life goal. Do your thing, man. He would not do, I, I mean, he's written war novels, but none that I've ever heard of or heard any, know anybody that's ever heard of them. So I guess it's too early to judge them while he's still alive, but. To be fair, I don't read a lot of war novels, weirdly enough. That's fair, but. It's not mm-hmm. in my wheelhouse. Anyway. Those are the people of our murder. The Saturday, December 8th, 2001. Uh, Michael expects a movie deal for one of his books. And he tells his wife, so they're celebrating. Michael and Kathleen celebrating this potential movie deal. He's sure he's going to get it. Everybody's excited. Hmm. His son, who lives with them, is going to go to a party with his girlfriend. At 9.45 p.m., the son's girlfriend picks up the son. They take note of the bottle of wine. They're sharing. Everybody seems to be in good spirits. Things are going good. Okay. They hang out for a little while, and at 10.20 p.m., they leave for the party. At 10.40 p.m. Wait, how, how old are these kids? The they're, son? like, grown. Like, oh, okay. I was like, they live at, he lives at home, but he's, okay. like, I want to say early 20s, but he's, like, at least 18. Okay. I was about to say, what kind of fucking teenager is leaving for a party at 10 o'clock? Yeah, he's grown. Okay. Sorry. At 10.40, Kathleen logs on to the family computer. This is unusual for her because she would typically use her personal laptop. But she mm-hmm. had left it at work. Okay. Whatever. This is important. Because the home computer is primarily Michael's. Okay. At 11.08 p.m., Kathleen um, speaks with a coworker over the phone. She asks her to send over a file via email that they need for a teleconference that they're going to have the next day at around 9 or 10 in the morning. Okay. Um. Coworker says Kathleen didn't sound drunk, didn't sense any tension at all. Like Kathleen seemed fine. Okay. Um, this is the time of the very early two thousands. Is two thousand one. So at home on your computer, you would have a home email address, right? And you would have like a separate email address for work type things, right? But you wouldn't have, like, necessarily personal ones for everybody in the house. Right. So she asks Michael how to log into the home email address. She logs in, but the email from the coworker that she needed to finish off her work so she could go to bed, so she could get up for the work conference in the morning, mm-hmm. is never opened. The email arrives at 11.53 p.m., approximately 50 minutes after the phone call. Okay. So maybe she just went to bed before she... Maybe. Is there a reason she wouldn't have gone to bed? Well, we'll get into that in just a moment. Okay. The last time that really is honestly important is 2.41 a.m. This is when Michael calls 911 to report Kathleen's death. Well, 
to call for an ambulance because she might be dead. Okay. When he first finds her, he calls 911 and he tells them that he thinks she's alive. Okay. So he's checked vitals. Right. And he's like, hurry, hurry. And then he hangs up on dispatch. Who does that? Who? Who the fuck? Okay. When he calls back, then he says she's not breathing and he doesn't have a pulse or anything. Or maybe he just said she wasn't breathing. But, like, at this point, he's like, I think she's dead. And then he hangs up on dispatch again. So, he did he do CPR? Or anything? Unclear. I don't believe there were any signs of CPR on the body. Also, when the EMTs get there, she's still, like, up on the stairs. Like, propped up on the stairs. So it would be very hard for him to adequately, properly do CPR while she's, like, on the stairs. Okay. So he says, you know, my wife fell down the stairs. It's urgent. Send an ambulance. But she's propped up, so she fell, like, on her butt? Yeah. It would have been, like, sliding down the stairs more so than, like, tumbling forward. How big are these fucking stairs? They're, like, a little steeper than average, but they're... Okay, so she slid on her ass down the stairs to her death. You're laughing, but... No, I'm serious. That's his story, yes, that she... I mean, the method of falling that they try to explain is so convoluted. You can look it up. There's, I think, clips of them in the courtroom explaining how she would have had to fall and like a little animation that shows you how she would have had to fall to to sustain all the injuries that she sustained. Okay. But it is possible. But it is so convoluted. Okay. Technically it's possible, but she would have been she would have flipped forward and then on her side and then tumbled on her side and then slid slowly from her side to like butt and legs forward and head back okay. and finish sliding down the stairs. So there's unlike- a small turn. Unlikely but not impossible. Unlikely but not impossible. Okay. Um it's also important to note that regardless of how tall the stairs are, the blood and the signs and everything, she wouldn't have fallen down the full staircase. Like it's not like she fell from the top down. She fell down, like, five or six stairs. To her death. To her death. All right. Okay. I'm already feeling the skepticism just seeping within my soul, but go ahead. This is his story, and he's sticking to it. He says he was outside to turn off the pool lights. Initially, he says about ten minutes. Later, he says about 45. It changes. But I can't see turning off the pool lights taking any more than five minutes. Well, he said when he changes his story, he says, well, I was lounging, too. I lounged out there for a bit. So it goes from I just went out there to to turn off the pool lights to I went out there to turn off the pool lights, but it was a nice night. So I sat out there in North Carolina at two o'clock in the morning. Okay. Well, weirder shit has happened. I mean, I'm not saying weirder shit hasn't happened, but it's going to be chilly. Yeah, it will be. I'm not saying it's impossible, but, like... Again, a little unlikely. A little unlikely? Rather unlikely, I would say, but... That's just my opinion, I suppose. 
did he say why he hung up on the 911 operator? Because generally, like, the first thing they tell you is, don't hang up, stay on the line with me. I know, because I've had to call 911. Oh, you can listen to the 911 call. She said that, and then he hung up, and then she's like, hello? Hello? Stay here. And he was gone. Um, and he called on a landline, obviously, because it's 2001. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So it's not like hanging up was, like, a simple thing where you, like, put the phone down and accidentally... He, like... Even if he'd just put the receiver down on the floor, he would have still been on the line. Yeah. Because that's how phones worked back then, if you don't know. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, there was a button on it. Right. So you have to, like, get it in the cradle very specifically. And you could think that you hung up on somebody and didn't. So he could have put it on the floor, was my point. Like, dropping the phone didn't hang it up. Yeah. He had to deliberately, with purpose, hang up the phone. Yeah. And it wasn't a cordless one either. This is the curly cord and everything. The paramedics arrived 10 minutes after the call's placed. Okay. She's dead, obviously, and there was a large amount of blood. And a lot of it was already dry. There was blood on the walls. There was blood on the floor around her. The only blood that wasn't dry was the blood that was, like, soaked into her clothes underneath her that she was sitting on. Which, obviously, that's not going to be dry very quickly. But based on that alone, she was probably dead for at least 30 to 45 minutes before anybody got there. A lot of the blood was more smeared than droplets, necessarily. Smeared? Yeah, like blood like smears was, along the wall. What, like where she was falling? Like she touched the wall? So they tried to explain it by her shaking her head and it's like just so much blood that it's like the shake pattern and then her head hitting the wall and kind of dragging as she fell down, I believe. If you look at the photos, it's a lot of blood for a fall down the stairs. Like that's a lot of blood. It's, it's a lot. And it's all at the bottom of the staircase, which... Also, I don't know, makes you kind of question why he would say that she had fallen down 15, 20 stairs when it was kind of obvious that she'd only fallen down the last five or six, but whatever. What do I know, really? And it's a tight staircase, too. So, the ability for her... Yeah. The ability for her to have fallen in all of the different ways that she would have needed to have fallen... Oh, and there's, like, a whole-ass turn. Yeah, there's a whole turn, and there's a... On the wall, there's a um, chairlift. Oh, is a lot of blood. Yeah. And that's not even the blood on the bottom. The bottom of the staircase where she is at. It's a graphic photo because it's, like, actually her body. Oh. Yeah. What? Why is there blood on the bottom of her feet? See, that's a good fucking question. The defense explained the blood on her bottom of the feet by saying that she had simply slipped. In her blood before After she... she after she had fallen the first time, okay, so, okay. she cuts her head open on the on the chairlift, and okay. she falls down a couple of stairs, getting most of the bruises. Okay. Knocks herself out. Uh, okay. Hitting her head on the back wall, which cuts it open enough to do most of the blood. And then she stands up, for some reason shakes her head around. 
slips in her own blood to fall the rest of the way down the stairs. Wait, first she slips two or three times just back directly into the wall to do um the other cuts because we'll get into our autopsy report, but there were a lot of cuts cuts on her head for someone who had fallen down the stairs. Yeah. Like in the scalp. Um I need to see the picture one more time. I know it's graphic. Yeah. I just like I mean if you're fine with looking at it, I was just trying to yeah. warn you. To me, honest to God, it looks like she is propped up against the bottom stair. Yeah. It does look it very much like, like she's propped up against the bottom stair, doesn't it? Um, it, it yeah. Okay. So I they just, said she slipped a couple times. If she was like... And then fell down the rest of the way. If she fell down the stairs and we're looking at a lot of head injuries and she was like, I don't know, like on her stomach... Or, like, on her side, or like more crumpled, like just the way that she's so splayed. Yeah, she's just like it literally looked if there was no blood and she was just leaning back, she's sitting in the hallway talking to somebody while they're putting their shoes on or something. Yeah, like this is not a I just fell down the stairs position. No, I mean, I've fallen downstairs. Oh, yeah, I've never fallen downstairs that prone. No, because, like, even if you hit your butt, you kind of like. Your body, like, right into itself, kind of. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't think it made much sense. Okay, um, it's not impossible. There were sciences that said that there was this was possible. There was a little video that showed exactly how she would have had to have fallen, and then slipped in her own blood three or four times backwards into the wall over and over and over again before finally falling down the stairs one last time. That explained all of the cuts on her head, yes. So she just remixed it down the stairs. Not even down the stairs, just on, On as she stood up over and over and over again, the exact same fall, yes. Okay. With slightly different head angles. Okay. Technically possible, I guess, but in... It is a very narrow staircase, I will say. It is a very narrow staircase. So the idea that she hit her head once or twice tracks to me. There were a lot of cuts, and a lot of them were in series of three, which is very huh. suspicious to me. Okay. Like, in little sets of three in the same direction, which... Yeah. 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 That's... Okay. Um, the one detail that, honestly... Okay, fine. She fell down the stairs in a really, really bizarre way. Weirder things, honestly, have happened. Yeah, absolutely. But she had a footprint... On her, like, pants. On the back of her pants. And that, to me, is just... How? How do you explain that how if she just did, fell down the stairs? How did they explain that? Um, footprint. So they matched the footprint to the shoes Michael Peterson was wearing when the EMTs arrived. Shut the front door. But he, said um, she, but he didn't move her. Yeah. So he was just like, I don't know, I guess I stepped on her and her pants must have been, like, shifted. Because it's those, uh, it was like joggers, or not yeah. joggers, but sweatpants that, like, cinch around the ankle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And sometimes they twist. So he's like, oh, and it's on do. the back because her pants sort of twisted and I must have just accidentally stepped on my dead, dying wife as I was panicking and calling the police. Uh 
Okay. Whoops. That bothers me, but... Interestingly enough, despite his claim that it was because the pants were rotated, the um, footprint is not visible in the, bo- in the photo taken of her as she lay when the police arrived. You're right. You're right. It's not. Because it would be on... It literally looks to me like he just propped her up on the bottom of the stairs. It would be on this foot. Also, the blood is dry by this point, so either he waited a really long time to call the police before he called anybody, or he didn't find her for a while, and if it's because he didn't find her for a while and he called her, called them as soon as he saw her, why was there blood on his shoes if the blood's dry on the floor and on the wall next to her? All of the blood was dry. The only blood that was not dry was the blood underneath her. And the blood soaked into, like, the things underneath her head and her. Mm. I mean. And around her. There was 30 minutes, you said, from the time the call was placed before the cops got there? 10. 10. Oh, no. Nope. She had to have been there at least 30 to 45 minutes for the blood to have dried to that degree before the EMTs arrived. Okay. So he would have had to... That's just a lot. It, it, it is honest to God a lot of blood. There's it's... a lot of blood. Like, the stairs are covered. They're like wooden stairs. A suspiciously large amount of blood. Yeah, there's a lot of blood. Which is what the cops said, and that's why they initially started looking at this, not as an accident, but as right. Michael Dunn did something. Um, Around, and by around, I mean almost exactly the same time that the EMT show up, to check on Kathleen and right. find her dead, his son pops up at exactly the same time. Like, they're pulling in the driveway almost simultaneously. Coincidence? Maybe. Suspicious? A little. I mean, that one could be a coincidence. I'm not saying Because at this point, it's, it's 3 a.m., 4 a.m.? Yeah. Okay, to me, that's about the time that a young man might wrap up a party. Fair enough. I'm not saying it's totally ridiculous. I'm just saying... With everything else... It looks a little suspicious, yeah. I hear you. I'm going to say that one's a coincidence. I have trouble with the others. Fair enough. So, they start investigating him, obviously. As they should. And they're like, this is suspicious, something's going on, obviously he's not telling all the truth, the... Yep. Blood was dry. There's so much of it. The um, the injuries don't make sense. Because when they start looking at it, and when they go to the autopsy, she has three contusions over her right eyelid. And you'll see that a lot. This pattern of three injuries. Um, she was hit on her right ear. Her right neck has a vertical abrasion. She has three abrasions over her left eyebrow. A linear hit over her nose. And if you were hit with a long object and it were maybe to perhaps hit your nose and then your eyebrow. Okay. Just leading the witness a little bit here, I see, but... I mean, that's that's true. Sorry. Uh, She has another uh, horizontal 
hit over the bridge of her nose. She has a vertical contusion uh, over, like, this bit between the bridge of your nose and, like, the tip of your nose. Okay. It is called the dorsum, I guess. Thanks for sharing. <laughs> I'm never going to remember that information, but no, I appreciate fine. it. Uh, an abrasion over the lip. And then below her left eye, she has two abrasions as well. But there's so many on her face. Is Like, what about the rest of her body? Or is it very um, much a face located? I was doing one location at a time. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Uh, on her head, she's got seven distinct, at least seven distinct lacerations to the back of her head. Okay. In the same direction? No. Several of these are, like, complex rips like there's tearing of the skin there some of them are full thickness all the way to her scalp like a lashing like supposedly falling down the stairs and hitting your head so hard that it rips your skin open so that your scalp is uh bare apparently oh shit i just got chills that's what i meant like full thickness like hers it's it's bad and like i think there was one there was like a full inch of missing skin. And there, mm. this is from a fall down the stairs. Okay. X to doubt. Um, there are several of them that look tri-pronged. Like there's three different like little cuts, but they're in the same direction and they're like closely nestled together and then they meet. Like a rake? Sort of. Okay. Like a tiny rake. What they end up deciding is that it's most likely something like a fire poke. You know how it's got like the two little things and then one in the bottom. Gotcha. Is what the defense comes up with is likely weapon. Uh, There are some where it's like two deep cuts and then a bruise. Okay. Like it was kind of at an angle. Uh... And then one where there was, like, one cut and a couple bruises. Okay. And then there was the one with, like, a full inch of skin missing, so they can't even tell, like, how many things hit her there. It just yeah. ripped so much skin away. Um, on her torso, she's got a three-inch by three-inch bruise on the left scapula, and that's it. That is the only injury noted on her autopsy report to the torso. See, a fall down the stairs, that bothers me a lot that she would have hit her head that many times because your natural instinct is to protect your head. Yeah. That's what's bothering me about this is there's one injury to her whole torso. Um, as far as the extremities, she's got three bruises on the elbow. Uh, two abrasions over the base of her index finger on her left hand and one over the thumb of the same hand. Oh, index like finger is the pointer like finger. put her hand up? Yeah, like she, maybe she put her hand up to protect herself against whatever three-pronged piece of or staircase was coming at her. devil's advocate, there's like pieces on the wheelchair whip ramp thing yeah. that could have cut her hand. Possibly. Okay, but and I these have a are... hard time with the fact that there were so many injuries on her head and face 
and then almost nothing on her body. That's what bugged me. I was like, yeah. you're going to protect your head, but you're yes. just going to let. That is your first. You're you're going to protect your head. It's like nothing on your back. Yeah. Like not. And she's mid- laying like on her propped up against the last door on her back. Right. So there should have been at least one. Something. Yeah. A bruise to the butt even. Like, damn. Yeah. Um, Them stairs be hard. There's a lateral one, like horizontal, across her wrist. The base of her thumb is bruised. The base of her thumb? The base of her thumb right here. Again. Defensive. To me... Um, or like devil's advocate again maybe she used her hand to like try and brace herself against one of the I mean, yeah. again I just even if let's say she did fall down the stairs defensive wounds did. on her hands falling down the stairs would make sense it's yeah. just the lack of things elsewhere yeah and the the way that it always seems to be in threes it's yeah. like two here and one here but they're so close together like yeah yep okay that's weird to me. Yeah, legs. She also got a bump near her tricep area, uh, near the other elbow. She's got one there, too. So, like, both of her elbows are bruised, which would make sense with a fall down the stairs. You know, she's like... So, maybe yeah. she did fall down the stairs, and that was his, like, story in the end, but there was something that happened in between that time. Um, and she had one bruise to the back of her hand. Yeah. Uh... There was nothing listed for her legs at all. And you can look up the autopsy. It's not even hard to find. Yeah, butt, legs, hips, nothing. Yeah. Yep. So she didn't try and, like, move to one side to stop herself from this crazy fall down the stairs? She didn't even get a bump to the knee? That's what bugs... Like... She didn't hit her knees or, like... This is very head-face-centric, like somebody personal. Yeah. Um, Internally, there was no internal damage here. And, like, a fall down the stairs, I feel like it's very common to have, like, say, spleen injuries. Because spleens seem to just be sensitive little bitches and always get injured. You know what I mean? Uh... There was no, like, internal bruising or anything in the abdomen area. It was just a subarachnoid hemorrhage in her brain. No skull fractures, no neck fractures. Her left thyroid cartilage that's in the neck, uh, this, like, kind of hard bit that you can feel, it's got these little pointy bits towards the back of the neck, kind of, like, okay. up near where your uh, the points of your chin are, sort of. Is where it points towards, but it's based off that same pointy bit in your neck. I'm trying to explain this without being able to show, but yeah. Yeah. You can look up the photos again, um, but I'm trying to do my best. <laughs> so the the top part of that, the pointy part that kind of points towards your, the pointy part of your chin, yeah. was broken. Okay. Like, That's like somebody tried to strangle? I mean, it's a very internal part of the neck. It's very hard to break that from... I mean, could, like, whiplash it, like, if she, like, smack, like, you know what I mean? Like, slam From head From what forward. I understand, that is not the kind of injury that would be found with whiplash. I am not a doctor. I am not an expert on thyroid cartilage. 
But from everything that I was reading when I was like trying to figure out how this sort of thing is normally caused, it's the most common thing it's seen in is strangulations. Hmm. Okay. Or attempted strangulations and it didn't work. Yes. Okay. This is all very interesting. Very interesting. They found no blood or anything in the lungs, so she didn't, uh, so she didn't aspirate her own blood or anything. There was, like, she didn't breathe any of it in. And my thing is, if she's knocked herself out, she's breathing, she's bleeding so heavily that she's, like, tripping over her own blood over and over and over again. I feel like she's probably having trouble seeing, to kind of explain that. So there should be, like, a lot of blood down her, the front of her face. You would think that breathing that in would be part of it. And later they try to explain some of the blood patterning um, the defense does based on coughing up the blood after she's like tripped herself over and over again so and is bleeding. no blood in her lungs. But there's no blood in her lungs and it was pretty clear that there was no aspiration. So that kind of takes away their blood explanation. Okay. No injury to pancreas, spleen, kidneys, no fracture in long bones or ribs of a 47-year-old woman who fell down the stairs. Long bones are the most likely to break. And in a woman that old... Not that 47 is old. No, but a woman... Osteoporosis does start to... Right. A woman older than 45, the chances of you breaking something when falling down the stairs or other accidents like that, it, like, increases. Yeah. Decently... that many injuries. Like, if this was brutal and violent and... You would just expect some level of bone injury. Sure, a chip. Right. Nothing. Uh, She did have a bulging cervical disc at C3, C4. So that's like mid-ish neck, I believe. And we know that that was caused by this fall? No, it was just found in her autopsy. Okay. Uh, It could be explained by the fall. It could have been a prior issue. It could be explained by a particularly brutal, failed uh, strangulation. Unsure. But you Uh, said they had a good relationship. So I guess, like... Prior. I agree with you that this is looking real weird, to say the least. But if they were, like, in love and shit, like, what would make him want to hurt her? Well... First of all, he has not sold a book in a while. He thinks he's getting this uh, movie deal. This is the first significant money he's made on his own in a while. Okay. Um, Kathleen apparently had a bit of a spending habit that was not currently being supported super well on their on her income alone. They've got a good amount of credit card debt, about one hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Okay. Um, Bad habit, but not something to kill someone over. No, but she's got a hundred and sorry, not a hundred, sorry, a one point four million dollar life insurance policy, in addition to two hundred and twenty three thousand dollars of deferred income with her company that would be paid out in the event of her death, twenty nine thousand dollars from her four hundred one k that would be paid out to him in the event of her death, and about ninety five thousand dollars from her pension plan. That would be paid out in the event of her death and stock options that she had taken from her company, which basically means that she had some stock in the company that she was in that had increased in value by about 50% at the time of her death. Okay. So 
Some think that the motive was money. Another possible motive that might make a little more sense since the uh the motive the money motive is like there but it's kind of loose because again Kathy is the primary breadwinner at this point right so even if he does get all this money he's got to figure out how to make that last right okay um i mean it's a pretty nice chunk of change though i'm sure he could figure something out that's true but just you know uh, and even if Kathy got laid off or was fired, she would still get $75,000 in severance. She'd be able to draw on that $220,000 that she'd saved. So, like, there was money there, so it wouldn't necessarily, like, she, she would have taken care of them both regardless. Okay. So it makes it harder to believe the money thing, plus killing her means they all lose their health insurance, which in the mm. U.S., yep. even if you got millions, is a problem. Yeah. Um... The alternative motive, which I think is more believable, is that when Kathy logged on to the home computer and the home email address, she found the emails that were in there between Michael and a male prostitute. Now, Kathy knew, I believe, or maybe she didn't know. It wasn't sure. Like, her sister said there's no way she knew, but other people were like, well, he wouldn't have kept that from her. But either way, Michael was bisexual. Okay. That's fine. Get your, do your thing. Do your thing. But I suppose, according to his words, he felt that he needed to engage in some level of, I don't want to say sex, but like. Sexual contact. Yes. Some kind of sexual contact with a male. Okay. He claims he never met up with the male prostitute that he was emailing, and when they brought him in at the trial, the, um... But it sounds like Kathy didn't know about this need, or... Right. He said that he, that they never met up, but she found the emails. They were still there. He hadn't deleted them. He did go into the office and delete them after the police were there, but they were able to recover the emails. Okay. Which is what resulted in, um... Don't love that. That's not looking good, Mike. Yeah. So, the theory is, Kathy, who's been burned once by infidelity to her marriage, has already ended a marriage over it. Okay. Finds these emails, finds out Mike's been cheating on her with, or male sex workers, and she gets mad. She says that she's going to leave, she doesn't put up with infidelity, and he's going to lose his meal ticket, and... You know, his lady. So, he snaps. They fight. Uh, He tries to strangle her, or he just hits her across the neck. He, you know, starts hitting her face. She tries to run away, possibly back up the stairs, where she thinks she can, like, lock herself in her room or something for safety. And he, you know, hits her in the back. She, like, falls. She's gone. Not gone, but, like, she's out. He props up her body puts, like, towels and stuff under it because he's realizing this is a lot of blood and this is going to be hard to explain. And then he waits for her to bleed out, essentially. And then calls the EMTs. Yep, that tracks. That's essentially what the, uh... prosecution says, and it winds up working. And he gets sentenced... Or he gets uh, found guilty for first... A first-degree murder and gets sentenced to a life sentence. 
Uh, the way you said that makes me feel like he did not serve a life sentence. No. He did 10 years. So the whole time he's in jail, he's trying to get um, the conviction thrown over. He wants a retrial thing at a higher court. Because he deserves that. Well, everybody's entitled to try for... Please, uh, no, please. Uh, everybody's entitled to try for an appeal. That's your right as a... <clears throat> you're right as a person prosecuted in the U.S. That's part of the way the law works. But uh, he basically says that they used his bisexuality against him, which, again, I... Not again, but... Which I do think was kind of homophobic and telling of the time, but... I mean, I mean, I agree, too, but, like... I do think it speaks to motive... As far as yeah. what went wrong between them. specifying that it was a man he was affairing with. They could have just, just mentioned the affair. Yeah. Um, they did and it would br- have had the same effect to me. They did bring him in to talk about his relationship. I don't think it was super pertinent or necessary to do that, but they did do that. I think it was for the shock value. Yeah, oh, look. Look at this guy that he wanted to have sex with. Like, Yeah. So he says they were using that against him, and uh, they did some unnecessary things as far as testing the DNA of his adopted daughters, uh, which was unnecessary. They knew that they were adopted, but they did things like that that just weren't necessarily necessary, and he's claimed that they checked out the computer when they got the first warrant to come check the house, and the computer was not in the first warrant. Um, and that's how they knew to get a warrant on the computer, which led to the theory that it was because of infidelity, uh, which gave them a lot as far as motive, which really helps the jury out. Yeah, but I kind of feel like that's grasping, but okay. The other big thing that he was using for his, uh, appeal grounds was the admittance of, uh discussion on the death of uh, Elizabeth Ratliff, who was a woman he knew in Germany, who also happened to fall down the stairs to her death with a large amount of blood and mostly scalp injuries. Get out of town. And you'll never guess who the last person to see her alive and escorted her home was. You're right, I won't. <laughs> he at the time her death was concluded an accident they sort of went through it very quickly uh when they went on the scene michael was very much in charge and kind of like this is what happened even though he wasn't there quote unquote during her death and she was found by a maid and he wasn't even there when she was found he showed up later which is weird but they just kind of went with it at the time well, I have a problem with that. But. Uh, agreed. Um, and it's looking very suspicious now. When they went back and um, did an autopsy after they exhumed her, they found a lot of very similar injuries between her and Kathleen Peterson. It's just the... <laughs> it's the audacity for me. He's using the trope that Men have used for centuries to beat their wives. Oh, she fell down the stairs. And and just, he really, he really ran with it. Right. He used it 
twice for ladies he supposedly cared about. His wife and this woman who's supposed to be a close friend of him and his wife who he's helping to take care of now that her husband has passed recently. And oh, what a saint. Yeah. And then he so kindly takes the girls and takes possession of her estate and everything that she owned. Oh, how sweet of him. He does raise the girls and they do love him like a dad. And they stuck by him during the Kathleen trial. So, shitty dude, good dad, I guess. I don't know. I don't know. Or it's like childhood trauma and they're like... Suppressing it hardcore. Bonded to him, even though he's abusive. Also possible. Just a theory. I mean, there was no evidence that he was abusive to anybody up until the point that he lost it and snapped and killed Kathleen, but... And Miss Ratliff. And Miss Ratliff. I wonder what the motive there was, like, why he did that, but they didn't investigate it at the time, so it's very hard to say. I kind of wonder if maybe he came on to her, since he seemed to have a propensity for cheating. Uh Uh-huh. And she, like, said no, and that, you know, wouldn't be the first time, wouldn't be the last. It was weird. Or she threatened to tell his wife. (laughs) That could be, that was a good point. It wasn't that he told she told him no. Of course, that probably pissed him off. It was that she threatened to... Disc- end his marriage? Yeah. I mean, that would make sense because then it would be a common trigger. Like, the end of his marriage is, like, an issue for him. But then he winds up divorcing his first wife, and but maybe because it was his idea it was fine. I don't know. Perhaps. It's very hard to say without knowing more details of the first incident but um she again had the same number of scalp lacerations same general location very similar life is funny isn't it very similar things there's blood splatter hype on the wall in both situations just interesting uh he says this shouldn't have been allowed in court and a lot of courts it wouldn't be allowed so it is kind of weird but yeah i was thinking it was weird that that was allowed to be brought up i think it's important Oh, agreed, but... but yeah, it is unusual that other cases would be allowed in. None of that worked. For this trial. He did not get appeals on any of those grounds. Okay. But in 2011, it comes to light that a certain um, agent, Dwayne Deaver, who was in charge of a lot of the blood experiments that um, the prosecution used to kind of prove that the amount of blood and the way the blood was on the walls couldn't be explained by falls the way they were trying to explain it. Mm-hmm. Um, it was found out that his policy for his laboratory work was to not report negative results. So if he had a test and it showed a result he didn't like, he would not write up the test. That seems unethical, but... It is. That's not really my business, I suppose. Um, he got fired. He lost his job at the laboratory. A lot of the... Um, cases from that laboratory wound up getting looked at again. These all have to get redone. It was not good. And it was found because he tried to do the same sort of thing with this guy that, uh, like an unrelated murder thousands of miles away where they find a dead body in this dude's truck. And he comes to pick up his truck because he left it there after he got super drunk. There was blood on it. It was raccoon blood. But they didn't report that it was raccoon blood. They just reported that it was blood. So he goes to jail for her murder. They do the appeals. Find out that he didn't report the negative result on it being human blood. 
And then he gets out, and Dwayne Devers gets bodied. I don't understand why he would do that. Like, what kind of sense does that make anyways? He wants to make money for the lab, I guess? I don't know. I've worked in a decent number of labs. Not worked in, but I've, like, been in a decent number of labs. that, like, all of his results are positive, positive, positive? Like, that didn't strike anybody as weird? Maybe nobody looked at it that hard. I don't know. A lot of the times when somebody's talking about something technical... The jury turns their brains off. The judge turns their brains off. A lot of the lawyers are turning their brains off unless they're looking for keywords. Like, right. they don't care. A lot of the, like, honestly, the technical stuff they try to keep to a minimum because it alienates the jury, according to studies, which I think is ironic and funny. See, I hate that because, like, I'm always like, people don't give people enough credit about being smart, and then shit like that happens, and I'm like. Okay, well, you know, you have to pay attention, ladies and gentlemen, and peoples. Life's rough. Yeah. Anyway, this gets him off. He gets a retrial. The problem with the retrial is a lot of the evidence was not appropriately handled after the first trial. Shit like that pisses me off so much. Some of the clothes look like they've been messed with or they weren't sealed appropriately. It's important. Chain of custody was broken. So there's not enough evidence for them to retest anything, so he can't really mount an appropriate defense. Right. But it's also impacting the the stuff that's admissible for the prosecution to bring forward again in the retrial. So what they wind up deciding to do is giving him an Alford plea. So he pleads guilty. Oh, that pisses me off they used an Alford plea for this. Because an Alford plea is supposed to be for people who were wrongfully accused and there's no way to really get them off. But There's no way to, yeah. But that's what they gave him, an offered plea. So he would say that he did it, he would say that he's guilty, but by reason of I can't prove I didn't. That fucking pisses me off. Because that thing is supposed to be used for good and not evil. Well, anything can be used for evil if a white man's in charge. Ugh, unofficially triggered. Well... That's what he got. He did 10 years total uh, before the 2000... Or not even 10 years, because he didn't even get uh, sentenced until 2003. And he was allowed to be in his home under house arrest during the rest of the time, flirting and potentially dating the guy who's making the documentary about him. That's actually the grossest thing I've ever heard. Yep. He's in there making... He's supposed to be making a fair, unbiased documentary about the murder of Kathleen Peterson... And instead, he's trying, he winds up making it very biased towards Michael Peterson. No one, no one cares about Michael Peterson's point of view. They spent a lot of time on it in a thing that was supposed to be about his murder and trial. Um, it's called The Staircase. If you don't watch it, it was biased and awful. Um, and there are other. Not like us, though. Not like us. (laughs) I'm not saying I'm not biased. I obviously have an opinion. But. If you want an unbiased, like, documentary-style thing, there are other documentaries of it. There's a 2021 on this case, and I think 2020 in general does a pretty good job of showing both sides, like, people of each opinion. And you can also watch the Owl Theory guy on there, because the ornithologist who originally came up with the theory is on the 2021. Excellent. Um, His kids did stay by him, and I think that helped him to get the offered plea, I think. 
Again, I think it's childhood trauma. I'm not disagreeing. I'm just saying I think the fact that they were so sure that he wouldn't do it was going to make it harder on the prosecution, especially with loss of some evidence. For sure. For sure. Um, and loss of Devers, who is their blood expert, who kind of proved all this stuff, and now it's hard to go back and prove it because they yeah. can't admit a lot of the stuff that was there. Right. Um, yeah. They would have had a hard time. Uh, oh, that pisses me off. They use an offer plea for this motherfucker. That's not what it's for. I know. His kids were sticking by him, and most of the time it seemed fine, but his his son gives me weird vibes. I don't know. He asked that his mother's autopsy photos remain in the public eye so that they could, quote, find out exactly or true what truly happened to Kathleen. Which is weird to me because if you truly believe your father that it was a staircase accident, you already know. Or if you can't buy that, then why are you, like, looking for alternative theories when I feel like the obvious answer is right in front of your face? And I just feel like even if you don't know, it's weird that you would, like, want anybody in the world to right. be able to look up these photos. You want to open that up to the internet? I mean, a lot of times it's hard to keep it off of it anyway, but asking specifically... Yeah. For it to remain there is weird to me. It's a no from me, dog. But he did. And it resulted in the animal theory because later, looking at the autopsy photos, an ornithologist looks at him and decides it looks like barred owl talons. Which it kind of did. Yeah. And there was a microscopic owl feather found in one of her head wounds. One Or near one of her head wounds. tiny owl feather. Yeah, no large owl feathers were found in the hallway or the kitchen or outside, where I guess the owl would have had to have, like, followed her in. Yeah, um, if she had been outside and been attacked, I would be on board with the owl theory. She yes. was inside the house, and no one saw or heard an owl? No. I, no. It's a no for me. They were on the back porch together, sitting by the pool. She goes inside. This is obviously when the owl would have followed her in. And, and you, you don't see, see a... This is a barred owl. This is a big-ass owl. Yeah. Like, maybe you don't know what a barred owl is, but it's big. It's, like, the size of a raccoon, at least. Yeah, no. It's a big-ass owl, and, and it's, I like... And I imagine it would be screeching, like... It would probably not be screeching when it attacks, because it, like, kind of counts on being pretty quiet uh-huh. for most uh, prey. But when she starts fighting back against this giant owl touching her head and probably screaming, it would probably start screeching then. And yet he didn't hear anything. Mm-mm. And then how did the owl get out? Uh, Without being seen or heard. There was a smear on the front door, which I think we mentioned earlier when we were talking about how uh, everybody was just allowed to walk around scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the general consensus was that the owl went out the front door. And the blood smear was from the owl. Now, the scene was not locked down well. There were people walking around the whole time. Michael Peterson himself walking up and down, washing his hands after he was allowed to handle the body in the sink where he probably washed the murder weapon. Um, There were footsteps leading to the uh, laundry room where they found no bloody clothes, but they also didn't note whether or not they were clothes in the wash machine. And he apparently had 30 to 45 minutes before anybody showed up. Which is enough time for a quick wash on a t-shirt covered in blood. And his pants had blood on them. From holding Kathleen. But it wasn't like a damp spot of blood. It's spatter. 
He's also not wearing shoes when they find him, but there's blood on the bottom of his shoes. So when did he find the time to take his shoes off? And why would you have, why would you think to do that? Because there's a footprint from you on the back of your wife who fell down the stairs. Or you kicked her down the stairs. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. But the owl mm-hmm. apparently flew out the front door. I don't know how he opened the front door. Or how he found the front door, because they're in a thin hallway. Right. Where a thin staircase is near the kitchen. The front door, where this smear is, is down this long hallway, into a large room, past the grand staircase, and then, like, all the way across the room. And that's where the door is. Which is open for some reason. Nope. Mm-mm. That's my problem with the owl theory. How did it get in? How did it get out? Where were all the feathers? Where were all the feathers? If she's fighting off this owl, which is why she has all these defensive... Like, even if she's not fighting off the owls, if he's flapping around in a small space, I just expect a feather or two to fall. At, At least. least. Yeah. Where are the big feathers? Also, would the, one microscopic the talons feather? be the dripping feather? with blood out the front door? Well, because the scene, people are, random people are walking in, cops are walking randomly, Michael and his son are just walking randomly, the son's brought party friends back to the murder scene, or, I'm sorry, the violent uh, accident scene, to be walking around randomly. It was probably hard to tell specifically that there wasn't, I suppose, if I'm going to be fair to the owl theory. Okay. Because there were just random bloody footprints that they couldn't necessarily prove anybody's was, because there were so many people. Because while I think the investigator thought it was suspicious immediately, it wasn't treated as suspicious while the EMTs were there. And then when the cops showed up a little bit later, then when the investigator got there, that's when they're like, wait, something's not right. Yeah. But that took, and at that point there's people all over, so it takes more time to like clear it out. And yeah. At that no point. Determine, yeah. You're already screwed. But they were still able to get a conviction, which I think is good. Yeah. Like. With a scene that contaminated, like... For sure. That's an achievement, yo. Or a sign of a really bad setup, fake accident crime scene. I mean, agreed, but... We spent last episode tearing them apart. I figured we could give them, you know, a little... You did a good job this one time. I'll give them half Up until you um, faked results so that you didn't have to worry about it. So, yep, maybe not. Mm. I suppose that's life. Uh, if you believe in the owl theory and you have a plausible explanation as to how the owl got out the front door or why the front door was open so that the owl couldn't get out, let me know. You can find us on the socials. At Motors Murder. On Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Or you can send us an email. At modus.operandi93 at gmail.com. Let us hear your thoughts, opinions, and... Uh, theories yes definitely thanks for listening see you guys next time with hopefully some better justice and more than 10 years for murder